Welcome to the SIPE Show. SIPE, Saskatchewan Young Professionals and Entrepreneurs, is exactly who we'll feature as we aim to connect, engage, and inspire our listeners. Here's your host, SIPE board member, owner of Sick Picks Productions, and proud Saskatchewan ambassador, Chris Sikorsky. Welcome back, friends. Things have been cooking lately as SIPE takes it to the next level. Last couple months have been just full of awesome events. Our annual Silver Spades Gala presented by Saskatchewan Blue Cross was recently held in Saskatoon, where we recognized business success in our province. Congrats to Cameron Shoket, who took home Young Professional of the Year. It included some cold hard cash, thanks to our sponsor, Saskatchewan Blue Cross, and Curtis Greiba, who won Entrepreneur of the Year, also taking home a nice payday. But in addition to the awards, it was just an awesome night of glass and lumber. 016s were flowing, and I made some new pals from the Regina site board. Shout out to that crew for making the trip. Next year, of course, it's in Regina, and it's their turn to host, so we look forward to that. And our party is going to be tough to beat. Let's consider this our formal challenge to the Regina team to really blow things up for next year. So let's keep rolling here because we have an amazing guest here on the show. But first, a shout out to our sponsor, Road Coffee. Road Coffee brings you a quality coffee from an indigenous farmer's hand to your cup and invests it back in their land. All right, it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker, Mr. Kendall Netmaker. He's known as one of Canada's most accomplished entrepreneurs with over 25 awards in business to date. Kendall was recently named one of Canada's top 40 under 40, the country's most coveted award for young business leaders. Each year, Kendall speaks to thousands of people worldwide on resilience, leadership, and the power of telling your story. In addition to being a sought-after speaker, Kendall has authored the best-selling book, Driven to Succeed, From Poverty to Podium. He's the founder of Nietzsche Gear, a lifestyle clothing company that empowers youth through sports, and each year they donate thousands of dollars to helping youth take part in sports. Kendall's keynotes, workshops, and coaching programs have inspired thousands around the globe, and his goal today is to inspire you to become who you were born to be. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode number five with Mr. Kendall Netmaker. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, are you much of a podcast guy? You know, I get many emails every week with podcast requests. I actually say no to most of them. No way. Absolutely. So. Okay. So what makes uh, Sipe so special? We're honored to have you. Well, first off, I, I'm a big believer in in person-to-person relationships, right? So you and I have done work in the past together. So that opens a doorway for many opportunities for anyone who's watching. It's, it's always a good thing to build those relationships because that'll open up many doors for yourself. And more importantly, the lasting impact you leave with that relationship. So that's what opened today. I love it. Who'd have thunk 2016 and, and, <laughs> and, and here we are. Uh, your journey has just been so incredible to follow and watch. And so for those that maybe are unaware, mm-hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit about your story uh, and, and, and the brand, Kendall Netmaker, Nietzsche sure. Gear, and, and, and just uh, give us a little bit of background. Sure. So my name is Kendall again. I'm from Sweetgrass First Nation. I um, currently live in Saskatoon, married, two children, life's very busy. I'm currently a, a keynote speaker, uh, Indigenous advisor slash consultant, and doing a lot of things in between. Now, how I got to this moment right, right now where you and I are spending some time together and we have listeners tuning in with us is I had a very 
interesting upbringing. And I say interesting because it, it, we all have different ways that we've been raised, we've been taught certain things. And my story is very similar to many of my Indigenous brothers and sisters that, that continue to struggle out there, unfortunately. You know, we, we're lucky to have two active parents in the household. You know, I had my mom, who I'm very grateful that is still with us. She sacrificed lots for us. And so raising us on our reserve, there's very little opportunities, unfortunately, in many reserves across the country. So we are raised in a, in a, a, a mindset of, of hardship. Of, of witnessing poverty, uh, troubles, uh, sometimes addictions, abuse, trauma. And so when you're raised in an environment like that, you unconsciously attract that if you don't check it in your early, in your, in your, as you're growing up. You have, to, you have to address that and say, that's going to stay there and I'm going to grow out of this. I'm going to learn, I'm going to help myself. I'm going to heal from this and so on. So that was, you know, growing up that my mom set the tone for us where, um, she was a person we can ground ourselves to, myself, my three younger siblings. And with her love and her support and her sacrifice, we, uh, you know, we, we bounced around these women's shelters as children. My mom separated from my father when I was about in kindergarten. And throughout that time, a lot of the stuff, unfortunately, that we see in the media, that was normal to us witnessing that stuff. So when, when you grew up through that, again, there's a choice that you have to make when you become stepping into your own path as, as a, what it could be a teenager, it could be uh, a 20-year-old and so on, where you can either make an excuse with that or you can use that and say, that's not going to be me. And thankfully, I, I chose along the path to say that I'm going to use this to, to change things for myself and my family if I ever have a family. And so growing up through that, we, we had many uh, hardships, uh, racism, eventually lateral violence and so on. And, and there was also many helping hands along the way that would lend uh, resources, mentorship, guidance. Fast forward to today, how you and I met in that present moment in 2016, I was just getting into the speaking field. Prior to that, what gave me a platform to speak was I started a company called Nietzsche Gear. That was back in 2011 as a full-time university student at the U of S studying to become a teacher. That's where I met my wife. We now have two children together. When my son was born, I entered these business competitions and they were business planning competitions. I didn't even know what a business plan was. I didn't know what a business pitch was. Now, are we talking uh, pitch party? Yeah, that was one of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so I competed in pitch party in 2011 um, and we won 10 grand. It was unreal. No kidding. So I didn't know how to write a business plan. I had to find mentors. I had to find people to teach me how to do this stuff. And I would sit there with a notepad and pen. And that was like the year the iPad was like becoming popular. So, that, you know, it was, it was old school. You're using a pen and paper, right? That's right. So that's how I did all my notes. and, and Ink and a feather. And exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So it's crazy, you know, that journey. And also part of that is you have to learn how to get up on a stage and, and influence through a, a, a business presentation. Yeah. So it. It's a lot. So was it that platform that kind of led to your, your, your speaking and you're almost, uh, like forced into it in a sense, you had to be a strong presenter. Otherwise you're, you're not going to, you know, persuade your panel of, of judges and, and essentially not maybe be awarded the 10 grand like you talked about. Yeah. So I would say that initial moment was more getting out of my own head and just showing up to do this. Cause I was, I would try to talk myself out of doing, going that, going to do that. I tried to talk myself out of showing up and doing a presentation because I was, I was a nervous wreck as a kid. As a kid growing up, 
And that was a lot of, again, when you grow up a certain way, what you learn, what you experience can affect your adulthood. So as a kid, bullying, um, being an outcast in society, it affects your confidence level when you become your own person. And so at that moment, I, I didn't realize those were all in my subconscious. And so I tried to talk myself out of showing up, but I showed up and I did what I didn't know was my hidden, my hidden power, if you will, was storytelling. So I got up, told a story, and I didn't realize I was one of the few people at that time that was telling stories in business presentations. And that was how we created influence. We persuaded, we showed our potential. And that's how we won money. And that was the, the startup of Nietzsche gear, was the, the seed money. So you talk, you know, and you're, there's so many aspects here that we want to get to today. Yeah. And so we'll maybe back things up a bit, but uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, Nietzsche gear. So that mm-hmm. was your first big business. And, uh, you know, up until a few moments ago, I had no idea that in 2013, is that correct? You were awarded uh, the Silver Spades Entrepreneur of the Year. So this is yes. even more fitting uh, <laughs> than I thought. So m- let's, let's jump in the yeah. time machine, head back. Sure to uh, the early 2010s and, and talk about the, the startup and ultimately uh, the, the journey and, and some yeah. of the success with Nietzsche Gear. So Nietzsche Gear is my first successful business. My, <laughs> my first business was another brand that unfortunately failed. And you can read about it in the book there that you have in front That's of you. Right. It's called Driven to oh, Succeed. You can buy it on Amazon. And when you read that book, you'll notice in the journey that I, I speak to my first brand where it was a part of a volleyball team. We were called Moose Meat. That was our, our and so I called this brand Moose Meat Apparel. And I started selling Moose Meat shirts, Moose Meat slogans. And it started taking off. We started selling a lot of product. And all of a sudden, I, I uh, registered the business name. I started selling out of my backpack on campus. I went to trade shows, events, and so on. And mainly merchandise, we're talking, merchandise, right? Merchandise, yeah. yeah. Hoodies, t-shirts primarily. That's right. And... Or apparel, I should yeah, say. Yeah, we actually, you, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with Enactus. They, they have programs every year. And I, I competed in a, a student entrepreneur competition at that time with <laughs> this brand. And we, we won the Saskatchewan student, Entre, uh, student Entrepreneur Award. So I had to go to uh, Calgary to compete in the next event with that. After that competition, we didn't make it to the next step. But after that competition, we got profiled in the Globe and Mail. So we're now on a national scene. No kidding, yeah. The day that came out, I get this letter that was that stated that we couldn't use the word moose meat on our products anymore. Mm. It was too similar to another trademark out west. Uh, cease and desist. Basically, yeah. yes, because they already had a registered trademark. So I was legally out of my, my element. Mm. So I didn't have no money for lawyers, nothing to even look at this. So just like that, you have this rise and all of a sudden next day you close it down. Hmm. That was, That's that tough. was a tough, tough, that hurt, that hurt a lot. But it, uh, quite the lesson, I yeah, imagine. Uh, it was, yeah. Likely prior to starting Nietzsche Gear, mm-hmm. you're doing all your research. You're, you're really making sure that that name yeah. and that trademark is available. Yes. Yeah. It, it was tough. And when there's tough times, there's usually blessings in there. You just have to look for them. Okay. And thankfully, um, one of my friends from Facebook said, why don't you just change the name? I was like, what do you mean change the name? Just call it something else. I was like, well... I put all my effort into Moose Me. I don't mm. know what to call it. And he's like, just call it Nietzsche Wear or Nietzsche Gear. I was like, where does Nietzsche come from? He's like, Niwitiwagan, Niwitiwagan. It's Nietzsche is the slang form of that word. It's a friend, a bro term. It's like friend gear. I was like, interesting. And then fireworks started going in my head, like these light bulb moments. 
man, I could tell the story about my friend Johan, how he helped me. You know, they helped me to play sports. He was my friend. Mm. We could use this brand to do a lot of good, helping kids that that also had tough times playing sports in their youth. They, they are underprivileged. They don't have income for their families. They want to play sports. Maybe we can help them with that. So all these ideas were starting to come out. So 2011 comes out. I'm competing at several competitions now, uh, business planning. My son's born. I'm, I'm getting better as a, a business pitcher, I guess, if that's even a mm-hmm. term. And we took that story now, put it into the brand. I think that was the missing link. And we started winning more competitions. We started getting more seed money. Now I'm growing it out of my apartment. Um, not far, I guess, from here, off of McCurcher Tate, I had an apartment there, a condo. And we were, my, my wife, my son, were, we, I was raising them there. And I started doing screen printing in that apartment. I started uh, designing, building our website, building our social footprint. I had merchandise in there in our closet. So much stuff was happening. Long story short, in 2012, that was the year I, I went full tilt into it. Now, for those of you who are listening to this right now, there's going to come a time when you have to make a choice in your path, for, especially for entrepreneurs. Mo- many people start as a hobby, a part-time gig. They're doing this on the side of a full-time job or a contract, whatever they're doing. That leap into full-time business, entrepreneurship is scary because you, can put, you put away your comfort zone. Into, you step into uncomfortableness. Now you have no choice but to find ways to win with this thing. That was the moment for us because we, I didn't know how I was going to pay for Pampers formula rent. Hmm. I had just graduated with my degree. This was supposed to be the time when it was like, okay, now you're stepping into the world. But I had this Nietzsche gear business that was just fresh off the ground. So it was a very pivotal moment because my son's a toddler. My goodness. Like it's. So there's tons of pressure, yes. right? And so no yeah. pressure, no bounce as, as, uh, yeah. one of my favorite mentors, uh, mm-hmm. would, would, would often say. And so, uh, when your back's up against the wall and, and, and I guess another way to phrase it, you know, if there's no plan B, plan A has to work almost. Yes. So there, there is something to that. You can't right? even have a plan B. Like mm. it, it, like it, this is, this is it. There's no other way around this yeah, thing. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then watch, watch yourself move mountains kind of thing. Exactly. So yeah. you've hit on so many interesting topics and in your book, uh, mm-hmm. there are five key elements that yes. I, as I understand it, and yes. again, I'm, I'm, I've yet to read it, but it's, it's on the list. <laughs> Hi, number one now officially. And so, uh, and you mentioned, uh, it's, it's on audible and, and yep. you narrate as well, right? Correct. So there's, you know, all Correct. sorts of ways to ingest, uh, this content here, but back to the five uh, steps, um, or, or kind of, uh, key, key mm-hmm. superpowers, uh, yeah. your story, your personal story, uh, the power of your story. And so it's yeah. come up a couple times here and that gave you the edge in regards to the competitions. And why yeah. do you think that is, or could you expand further on that? So when, oh, so I, t- I, t- I touch on this in, in, uh, when anyone's who's building a world-class brand, that's the, when I do a keynote on that. There's a decision that people have to make when they're branding themselves. It's either you dictate how people perceive you or you let the market perceive you. Mm. The market perce- perception is dangerous, route. You want to set the tone right off the hop. It's just like a teacher walking into a classroom. Mm-hmm. If they don't set the tone, the class is a mess. And so this way you're in control of exactly. your messaging and your positioning exactly. and all of that. Exactly. So when we brought in the story and I started to realize how impactful that was for us and dictating to market, because 
we had to face a lot of racism and lateral yeah. uh, discrimination from our own people. That was tough. And if I didn't have that story in there, it would have been tough to continue. So now in the present moment, when I work with brands, I work with companies, I say there's three ways you, t- you could tell a story. The first one is you have a lot of money, you have resources, you hire some kind of public figure and you use their story, their message, what they're known for that ties into your product. It's basically an endorsement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you find a celebrity endorser, use their story, use their platform. Number two, a client testimonial, a client review of their experience with your product. You capture that, you market that, you publish that on your, your social profile, you, on your website and so on. And three, the most powerful of all is you tell the founder story, why you do what you do. Mm. What's the turning point that allowed you to start this business, this brand? Because that's what they're going to invest in. That's why they're going to come to you. If you have all three of those in time, that's a powerful world-class brand platform for you. The power of why Simon Sinek, one of my all-time favorites, right? And so I think it's, uh, yeah, it's so interesting that you said that that's the most important one because uh, I would totally agree uh, Mm -hmm. that why. And so often when we're sitting down interviewing, um, you know, say if it is for a branding video or a testimonial, it's it's, it's why do you do what you do or why are you passionate? And and that's when all the, all the good stuff comes out, right? So, so let's flip it around. So why, why do you do what you do in a sense of, uh, you know, public speaking and well, maybe let's start there. Right. So, you know, it was almost out of necessity to start in regards to, you know, Hey, if you don't get up there and tell your story, uh, no one will kind of thing. Right. So, uh, but, but now you've made, you know, a life out of it and, Mm -hmm. and it's something that you're passionate about. So, uh, you know, why is that? And and tell us why, uh, why you love the stage and sharing your message. Absolutely. So I'm going to answer that in a, in a different kind of a story here. So, I got into speaking because I wanted to sell my products in the audience. So I was a speak to sell uh, speaker. So I would haul around my products in the back of the room. I'd go to high schools, I'd go to events, and I'd, I'd, I'd be one of the speakers. I'd get 10, 20 minutes, and I would tell the story. And I would tell the why, why we do what we do. And if you're interested, I'm going to be in the back of the room. That's right. Here's got, a promo. We, right? got, we got CDs, exactly. 10 bucks yeah, at the back. Exactly. Like, uh, it's the classic story, right? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how I got into it. Then people didn't want the products. They said, Kendall, we just want you to come speak for us. Can you come speak for us? And, I, and as that started to happen, it went from high schools, uh, colleges, campuses, uh, provincial associations, provincial companies, the national, international. Now I'm doing this all over the world. What got there was finding purpose along the tough route of life. Sometimes the first door doesn't give you what you're meant to do in the long run, but it will, it's, ne- it's necessary for what you're meant to learn to get to that next step in your life. So like I said, my first brand, my first brand that failed was a blessing to mm-hmm. open up Nietzsche Gear. Went through a lot of ups and downs with Nietzsche Gear too. So we, we still have that brand today, mm-hmm. but in the in-person retail days, that was a very tough time. I was, you know, living and breathing that brand, living in the stores all day, you know? Mm. And so that opened up the door to now a platform of speaking on stages. That opened up the door to now building a business that's revolving around keynote speaking and building messages of hope, resilience, power of storytelling, leadership, and now Indigenous awareness. So it brought everything to this moment. And I'm excited to see what the next door is. Very, very cool. Let's talk a little bit about uh, 
your your book here. So driven yeah. to succeed from poverty poverty to podium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've touched on your story, but uh, I just think this is the coolest. Uh, anytime I get a chance to talk to an author, I love uh, picking their brain a little bit about the process yep. and was it a co-write and how many years did it take and what are some <laughs> of the challenges? And uh, so this is 2018, is that right? This published in 2018. I started writing that in 20... I would say probably end of 2016, I, I made a decision I was going to pu- write and publish the book. And then 2017, I worked on it and launched it in 2018. And so uh, d- you connected with the with the publishing company or yeah. what does that process look like? You know, there's, there's three different ways, I guess, to publish a book. You can self-publish, which I would say is probably most feasible for most people. Um, second, which is what I did, is, is a hybrid publishing model where you retain the rights to your book. Um, you get a higher profit margin per product that you sell, but the publisher can also put you on the map in terms of putting it online, distribution, distribution right? yeah. putting it into uh, uh, chapters, Indigo, whatever kind of stores that you want. Or if number three, the traditional publishing model where you essentially sell your book to a big publishing firm where they right now own your story or your book and they pay you royalties, but it's usually not in the, as significant as... It, it all depends on what works for you. And so... At that moment in my life, hybrid publishing was was good for me. So, I don't know what's next. We'll see what the next one looks like. Very cool. Uh, any any uh, teasers or uh... not yet? <laughs> not yet. No. <laughs> well, keep us posted. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know a, f- a few of these early days. Uh, accolades have 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 come up, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, top forty under forty in Canada. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. That is just such an incredible feat. Uh, you know, if I was top 40, uh, under 40 in Evergreen, I would just be over the moon, uh, let alone uh, on a national level. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, do these accolades and, and awards, like, what, what does that mean to you? Any, if anything, it means that I'm on the right track. It's just like, a, it's assurance that, okay, keep going. You, you know, next step now. I, I don't try to, to dwell in accomplishments or um, how can I say this? When I speak to young audiences, I, I tell them that, you know, it's really cool that we've been able to accomplish these different things. We got these accolades, but I, but I want to share with you a secret, I'd say. Every, every time I accepted that award, I didn't stay there long. I left as quick as possible because mm. I was already thinking of the next step I needed to do. Mm. To me, that was a way of training my mind to say that this isn't the mountaintop. There's more work to be done. Let's get to the next step now. Where I have friends and peers where I'd I'd be at the same events, they get similar awards or whatever, and that was like their highlight. Mm -hmm. I'd already be long gone back Mm -hmm. home, wherever I had to go. So that's what works for me. That's, That's also my own mindset that I developed. And I just, I try to train myself that not to dwell in and overindulge into um, a win, whatever you get. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's that's really powerful stuff. Like uh, nothing like winning the you know the C division rec league every single year, right? Without leveling up or going to the next yeah. bracket. And uh, so, uh, speaking of you know lifestyle and 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 balance and maybe sport. And uh, you mentioned volleyball. Was was that a big part of your life growing up? And it was soccer, is that yeah. right? That your, your your buddy Johan, yeah. that was soccer, correct? Yeah, Johan and his family, they paid for my my fees in grade three, oh, sorry, grade five to play soccer. And uh, 
really empowered me. They used to drive me to my reserve and back, and, and we became best friends. And, you know, that opened up a lot of doors for me in the future. And by the time I was in high school, I, I started to play volleyball, and I was starting to get more leaner and taller. My, my mother played volleyball. My uncles, my, um, my, my relatives all played volleyball. We used to practice over an abandoned swing set. Hmm. So that was our volleyball court on the res, and we used to play there. And um, I grew from that to, to loving that sport. And it took me after high school. I, I played it in college in Alberta. I played two years there. Then I came back to university to study to become a teacher. And crazy. In the summers, Tuesday nights, I play a little beach volleyball at Sports on Tap myself. Uh, we might have to call you in for... Uh... <laughs> I'm already retired, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm retired. A, a retired Kendall Nitmaker uh, <laughs> would still put us all to shame, I feel. Oh, my goodness. It's more fun than anything. But, uh, mm. yeah, that's 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 really great. Uh, so, you know what? I talked about, uh, you know, if, if my, if my favorite key takeaway was the power of the story, uh, is, is there another, um, anecdote or, or bit of advice for, for young professionals or entrepreneurs that, that, uh, is highlighted in, in your book or, or in your talks, uh, that comes to mind? Do not ever act like you know it all. Hmm. Don't ever act like you think you know everything because you don't. There's always a teacher out there. You could be sitting on in a bus right now. You could be in an airport. You could be, um, you know, at, at your children's soccer game, listening to people talk and you're listening from their conversations and learning from them. Some of the best advice I've learned is from people's mistakes. What, what, did, what didn't work for them. I look at people who've accomplished great things, people, entrepreneurs, speakers, and so on, you know, people who are celebrities and I, I read their books, their stories and so on. And some of these people, you know, they, like, I'm not here to judge anyone, but I'm just telling you, I, I try to learn from if they abandon their kids, abandon a marriage for success, that to me is not successful. A successful person tries to grow upon what they have and, and grow everything around them, their home fire, as they would say in our culture, their, 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 their family, their, their husband, wife, children, if they have children, so on, and grow with that. And so... I, that's to me is one of the most important things. And two, any, any, whatever you're trying to do with your career, go find someone who's successful and learn from them. If they're not there, read their books, watch their videos, um, find someone similar to them that you can learn from, that you can take them out for a coffee, you know, really. And, and when you ask people for coffee, or I would say even lunch or supper, you pay for their bill, you acknowledge their time and you show up before they get there. <laughs> These people are busy. They don't have time. And if you make a bad impression, they're always going to remember that and they won't probably take meeting number two again. So that's the stuff I would learn along the way is I would, I would, I would meet people. I would t take them out for coffee. I would, I would, you know, um, I'd show them my hunger, my passion. As time progressed, I started investing now in myself when I had the financial means. So I'd buy books. I listened to audio programs. I would go to conferences, which I still do to this day. Then to me, the, the most powerful thing is that I started aligning myself in mastermind communities and hiring professional coaches in all areas from retail, from speaker coaches, body language experts, and so on. Like I could tell you, I, uh, hundreds of thousands, I invest in that. Wow. And, uh, and, 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 and clearly it's paying off. I, I love the idea of a coach, yeah. um, because you only know what, what you know, right. Mm -hmm. Or you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, and so, uh, can you maybe 
maybe dive a little bit deeper speak uh to to maybe a specific story of a of a coach kind of leveling you up you talked about the retail yeah. thing right I've, yeah. I have so many questions about Nietzsche gear yeah, and sure. you know distribution and yeah. designs and um you know your storefront and employees <laughs> and like uh, there's so much to it there, there's lots to that um I would say is that try to think as big as you can that that's when you, when you think as big as you can, now you can say, well, who else would, would also think that way? Who can I go and learn from? If they're not here. Th- think as big as you can as, in, in regards to a mentor. In where you want to go. Right. With your path. Your mentors will align with that, that mm-hmm. power. So with, let's go back to Nietzsche year, right? So 2020, I don't know what year, the 2014, um, I said, okay, I want to start wholesaling. I want to start distributing my product to different retail outlets. How can I do this? How can I build a bigger brand? Because up until that point, you just had, I, spoke, I, I, I say had just, a, but you had a storefront. I had a couple but, stores at that okay, time. Okay, a couple stores, but not E-commerce. necessarily the big di- Yeah, I, I never had the distribution. And so I was trying to find ways to do that. So I said, well, there's a Shark Tank guy. He's a fashion guy. He's like Damon John. How can I talk to this guy? So I found a way to, to get in a... Uh, get some consulting and I'd said, oh, well, I'll pay for it. So I paid, I don't can't remember how many thousands to pay to go meet with him. So I fly to New York, go to his, his FUBU office on the Empire State Building. And I sat there, just like I said, the first meeting with a notepad and pen taking notes. That's the stuff I do. That's the stuff also most people won't do. So when people ask what's the secret to success, it's nonstop learning and using that knowledge in the way that serves you. Do you think it has uh, something to do with uh, the ability to park your ego at the door? Yeah, Because uh, you have to put yourself in uh, potentially you be a vulnerable, vulnerable position, yeah. right? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe that's something that, that, that some, unfortunately, maybe aren't willing to do, or if they are able to learn how to do so, that's where you can see uh, some leveling up. The ego stops most people from achieving their own greatness, hmm. unfortunately. And the ego is a learned thing. And so... If you want to get to where you want to get to in your life, you have to learn to be vulnerable. You have to learn to, to, to show your true self. And you can't do that if there's an ego right in front of you, putting a front in front of you that, that's hmm. showing something else. I understand so you can use that in certain times in your life. For example, sales calls, uh, sales meetings, where you have to be confident and hmm. you put an alter ego in front of you to look hmm. like your confident self. I get that. Or say maybe when you're presenting on stage, exactly. maybe that's a, a situation where, you know, hey, you have to believe in your story and yes. um, that confidence is, is is a key element there, right? Yes. But yeah. but outside of that, when uh, you're maybe learning, what people don't see, right? What's not exactly. on stage or what's not on Instagram is uh, is, exactly. is is you uh, taking the time to learn from those who have come before you. I guess there's two yeah. ways to learn from yeah. history or make your own mistakes. Yes. And yeah. so yeah. ideally it's, it's option number one. Yes. Um, really, really cool stuff, man. Uh, and so all of this is, is often done at a standing desk. Is that right? Or a, or a walking desk? I remember yeah, that was something Yeah, I used to that... have a walking desk in our old office there. Um, I don't have room for that no more, but I have a standing <laughs> desk in my, I have a, uh, just like T-Bone studio here. Like we have very, not sim, not, not as cool. It looks really nice in <laughs> I mean, here, the by the way. I mean, the sound lounge is pretty it's cool. pretty awesome right? in here. Um, but we have our own little space that I've, I developed. i try to invest in a lot of good uh, tech and whatnot. And like I said, I have to do that because I, I work with clients all over now. So got to make sure I have good internet connection, the microphone sounds good and all that type of stuff. Because we're talking virtual presentations. Virtual keynotes and, right. and in between in person as well. 
And so are there any uh, particular, you know, clients or exciting, uh, you know, opportunities to speak internationally? I think you mentioned, yeah. uh, are you able to share some of that with our audience? Yeah. Um, An opportunity to, to toot your own horn. I'm giving I, you a freebie on this one. We, we work with brands. We work with uh, associations. We work with banks. Um, uh, one of our, our most recent international, international clients was uh, NBC Comcast, and we did, we did a keynote for them recently. There's, there's lots of that, right? Um, uh, Zillow, right? That, that uh, uh, online platform. Like There's different companies that we, we do keynotes for. They bring us in for certain topics and whatnot. And that's going to keep growing, hopefully. And as long as we keep delivering the, the right message and we're, we're our true self, mm-hmm. we're showing that, people, people love that. And so opportunity to, you know, work from, from home in a sense and, and to do these virtual mm-hmm. presentations, uh, that's got to be, uh, you know, really incredible in a sense of uh, just the flexibility. Mm-hmm. But do you prefer to get in front of an audience uh, to hear, you know, the roar of the crowd and <laughs> feel the lights and, and, and even just the travel aspect of it too? Is that something you, you maybe miss or want to do more of? Yeah, you can't beat the in-person energy, right? So to me, it's not so much the, the the hurrah, hurrah. It's feeling the emotion of people when they're receiving a message and seeing the shift for them that happens. You can feel that when you're on a stage. So to me, it's tough to get that on Zoom, right? It's tough. You have to assume that they're feeling that. So it's almost like you're training yourself to that they're doing this behind their camera. They're feeling good about it and so on. So it's it's a different world. You mentioned earlier... It was that one act of kindness from your friend Johan and his family. Yeah. Um, is is that something you try and then pay for it? it we've we've touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I believe Nietzsche Gear has been responsible for uh, sending kids to sports yeah. just the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe talk us through that story and and, yeah. and, and why you guys are part of Absolutely. of kids sport. Absolutely. So we. Uh, Johan's story, like I said, back in grade five, he, him and his family paid for my fees. They drove me to games and practices. By the time I was in grade seven, they, they were moving away to the city and my ride to play sports was going to be gone. And so also my best friend, they gave us, uh, my mom a set of car keys right before they left and a vehicle they weren't taken to the city. Wow. So now my mom is driving us to games and practices and that, that family had a ripple effect in our life. But there was also other people along the journey who would who would also give helping hands mm-hmm. as I had continued into more advanced sports. You know, I couldn't afford to play on club teams. And there are people who would, there are coaches who would find ways to f- get me funding to play on those teams. Like stuff like that. Like those little, those little acts of kindness, they helped me a lot. And so that, what that created was a compound effect of when I had the opportunity in university, I wanted to make that part of Nietzsche gear. I wanted to not only are we going to sell cool stuff, but I want to have a social mission behind it. That social mission combined with the story and the giving back component was, was the home run for us. And so it, it, you know, we've helped thousands of youth now since that time. And it also, we created our own nonprofit now called Indigifund. Oh, no so way. We, we have a nonprofit called Indigifund.com where people can donate to, but also I give some of my, my speaking profits there where we now help not only in sports, but education, post-secondary bursaries and people who are involved in culture. Wow. And when did you launch this? Uh, right before the pandemic, unfortunately during that time, but it's, yeah, we've helped a lot of people already. Is that something you're maybe most proud of is that community impact? 
Yeah, there, it's that legacy of what what you're doing, right? Trying to find ways to help and give back. That's that makes a lot of it makes things more purposeful. You know, once you know, it's lonely when you leave your family, you go to an engagement, but when you see the ripple effects of what that can do to giving back in your in your your ball court now, that's what makes it more meaningful. That's what that's what makes the bigger picture. Um, it's that extra kick when you wake up, when you're staying up late, you think about what you're doing with what you have in that moment and the decisions that you make. When you make a sale, when you're creating a campaign, when you're working with clients and how that can grip, that can boomerang back to who you're, who you're meant to serve in the future. So Kendall, I, I wanted to ask, uh, in regards to your challenges growing up mm-hmm. and you know, as, as, as a nation, it seems like we've come a long way, but the work has only just begun. And so mm-hmm. in your opinion, uh, in regards to truth and rec, and maybe in particularly, uh, action number 92, article 92, um, in regards to business and economic impact and, and partnerships, yeah. um, in your opinion, what work maybe are you seeing that, that is, that is positive and 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 maybe what would you like to see happen in the in in the future? So let's take us back to when I got into this game of of business back in 2011. Back in 2012 was when I got into the mainstream. I don't know if you were around during that time when you, if you're witnessing. I was one of the few people that was out there really putting myself out there. I didn't have people where I can sit down and have coffee with that were like me. So it was very lonely. Fast forward to today, hundreds across hundreds upon hundreds across this country now amazing look at that ripple effect from 2012 to a decade so to me that's that's really hopeful to see that there's many entrepreneurs trying things out doing stuff online and um i'm very grateful that i've had a chance to work with some of them or mentor some of them it's been a lot of fun doing that um when we're looking the present moment what's also really cool is I didn't have a whole lot of non-Indigenous customers at that time, even clients as speaking engagements. When we look at the present now, many of my clients are non-Indigenous. Most of them are, are non-Indigenous. Hmm. When I look at the landscape of Indigenous entrepreneurs and businesses, many non-Indigenous are now, are now, are now supporting and buying from them. That's hmm. so hopeful to me. So when we look at that, you know, the act of reconciliation, what that means for, for business and entrepreneurs, we have to all support each other. That's the way businesses survive and thrive. And um, I also feel the, the future of, of that is that we, we continue growing businesses together. Mm-hmm. Partnerships, like that, that to me is, would be very cool. And so on a broader uh, scale or level, you know, what, what maybe does Truth and Rec mean to you and, and, and what, is your, what is your hope for the future? I really believe that the future is all of us understanding each other, un- understanding each other's story, histories. And that's the gap right there that, that hasn't been enforced for a long time. You know, we've learned everything about non-Indigenous when it was the Indigenous base layer of this country that was formed upon. We have to understand what happened. And what's rippled effect in this country is the discovering of the mass graves, especially when it first happened out West. Now it's happening across the country. Now there's thousands of, of un, unmarked graves and it's going to continue, unfortunately, being discovered because there was a lot of those schools. And people now are looking at it and saying, wow, it did happen. It wasn't just talk. So when I look at that, 
I look at, we have an opportunity to get better, but the first part is we have to make the time to become aware, especially where, 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 you know, the 30 and up, we didn't learn this in, 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 in elementary and high school. Mm. So we have to take the responsibility to go back and learn this because our mm-hmm. kids are learning it and they're mm-hmm. coming to teach us now. Mm-hmm. So we have to become aware and make it a priority, but also we have to get used to talking to each other, dialoguing, just like we're sitting here at, mm-hmm. in, our, in the studio. More of this needs to happen, friendships and, and partnerships and so on. You've, I mean, done your part and, and more so in, in regards to sharing your story, your personal story, right? In mm-hmm. regards to struggles growing up and, and yeah. maybe, not, like you said, not having access the same way. Um, and so, yeah, that's so powerful, man. Um, and uh, I think it's a real inspiration to a lot of uh, a lot of people out there. And uh, you know what? I just saw it today. Um, like you said, there's more and more opportunities. I, I didn't see it personally. Uh, so it's it's kind of secondhand. So I hope this is accurate. But uh, do you know Michael Linklater much? Yep. Uh, he was at the White House today. Is that possible? Is that accurate? <laughs> Have you I didn't, heard that? I didn't check yet. I got to check that out. <laughs> uh, so maybe I should fact check that first. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I you know I it's ex- it's exciting to see uh, things you know trending in yeah. in a positive direction. And and so uh, I really appreciate your thoughts on that. Uh, what's, what's exciting? What's, what's, uh, next for Kendall Netmaker? You kind of alluded to book number two, but, uh, yeah, maybe that's down the road. What, it's what's, down the road. What's it's, on the horizon? You know, this, um, I would say, you know, we're heading into the last quarter of the year. This is where I start to plan for what's next. And so in this moment, I'm working on that. And like I said, the, the next book is coming. I just don't know when, it has to feel like the right time, right? I can't just throw something out there and, and hope that it sticks. It's, it has to me when you, when you put, cause this book here, it's very personal, the first one, right? So when I put my vulnerability out there, it also has to reflect the next book that comes out. And so I'm, I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. It's coming. I just don't know when, um, aside from that, I'm, I'm doing a lot of continually doing a lot of its speaking engagements, working with clients, and that's keeping me busy. But on the other side of that, which I don't talk a whole lot about, I have the other world that I work in, where I'm talking about the Indigenous world. I help in our ceremonies. I help mm. back home at our cultural events and so on. And and that's the stuff that I don't talk about publicly. And so that's a whole different world in itself. It's a, it's a world of humility, being humble, being respectful, listening more than you talk and so on. So there's so much to that. So what you're seeing here is is the mainstream world that I'm living in. Mm -hmm. What the world doesn't see is the world that is most meaningful to me, Mm -hmm. helping back home. Wow. If, if I may ask, uh, is, is that something, you know, because it's, it's even that much more personal and, and, um, that it, it doesn't see, you know, the, the limelight the same way, or you, you don't feel the need to broadcast. You just, your head's down, you're doing the work. Um, and it's, it's not about views and likes and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, or is it something that maybe you'll, you'll come forward with, you know, down, down the, the road or not come forward with, but, you know, be, uh, a, a little bit more of a, of a public focus, I suppose. Uh, yeah. can, I, I guess, uh, can you speak to, to just the approach there? So it, it's more so that you have so much respect for it that you don't speak about it. Mm. It's, it's so sacred that you don't publicly talk about it or break about it and you shouldn't be breaking about it. So. When you, when you do that, you, it's, it brings you back to basic teachings of, of being human, where 
you're just lucky to be here. You're lucky to be in this moment. You're lucky to have water in your glass there, like stuff like that. You're lucky to have a roof over your head. And so with that, you, you have to be grateful. You have to always be thankful. With that, you, you, you do that with also how you've been taught to pray in whatever way you've been taught. So all that encompasses that, that world. And um, there's, there's cultural events that pertain to that, which we don't, you know, we don't bring cameras to. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't do any. That's prohibited in, mm-hmm. our, in our culture. So um, I can only speak a little bit about it, but that's the world that I, I go to help with, um, help as a helper. Very, very cool. Yeah. We've had the opportunity to uh, work with several Indigenous partners, and it's it's been incredibly enlightening and, and a privilege and an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had our, our gear smudged uh, so that we That's would... awesome. Yeah, and so that we would capture, you know, the story and the message uh, in the most respectful mm-hmm. way par- possible as allies and as partners. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, it's, 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 it is kind of funny that it blows my mind that this, you know, that, that uh, this, this could be a private thing. You know, everything is so broadcasted, mm-hmm. right? And, and does it even happen if it doesn't make uh, yes. the air, right? Yes. And, and so what an interesting world mm-hmm. that we live in, but for you to be doing the hard work, the, the real work, and, uh, and just, you know, doing that uh, privately is, yeah. is pretty cool. All right, so let's talk bucket list. Uh, you've had some incredible opportunities over the years, but there's always maybe bluer skies or, or, or a brighter sun. Uh, yeah. So maybe let's talk about the absolute uh, epitome or, or goal for, for, for yourself in, in, in the speaking world or maybe uh, for, for a, a partnership. Uh, is there yeah. an, a, a dream experience or client? Well, I, I've always envisioned myself working with the world's top brands, top organizations. And the more I do that, the more I'm, I'm living that, that dream. Aside from that, that also means that I want to be in the right audiences where I like to maximize my time. And what I mean by that is I don't want to just speak in front of 10 people. I want to speak in front of 10,000 people at one time. To me, I can ripple effect as best as possible in those type of audiences. Because the energy vibration is also higher in those audiences. So the more I do that, where I'm working with bigger brands, bigger companies, bigger organizations, the more of those bigger audiences I'll attract to give those messages that, that come from my heart and also ripple effect into actionable insights and takeaways that um, can hopefully change this world. So are you a vision board guy? Uh, yes. is, is, this, is this on your, your, your bucket list or your, your goals uh, list of sorts? Or, or, or what does that look like? How sure. do you manifest that? Or how, do, how does that you know, come to be? Or is it a visualization thing? And Yeah. So one of the things that I do is in my book, there's a, there's a page where there's actually a goal card. And on the goal card, it's a place where you can write your goals down and you put it, you, you laminate it, you put it into your your wallet, your purse, whatever you take. So for our listeners at home, uh, Kendall has opened his book to page, let's say, what do we have here, 89 for our goal card. Yeah. And so, sorry, go on. So you put your top three goals for the year. So every year I do this, right? So we're heading into, again, quarter four. So I'll already be doing this by end of next month. And so you, you laminate that with a little dollar I'm laminating business card sheet. And you take that with you. You screenshot it as your, your homepage on your phone and so on. So you want to think of three goals, right? It could be a big financial goal. It could be a business goal. It could be a health goal. It could be a family goal. Whatever that might, whatever is meaningful to you. 
And then the next step is you now ha- you have to live as if you have to think about, okay, what does that look like? You have to now be in that present moment of the future, so to speak. So the required action. Then you go back to required action after that, which is step two. And you write down all the things you need to get to goal number one, goal number two. What do I need to learn? Who do I need to speak to? Mm-hmm. What courses do I need to take? Who do I need to go and, 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 and nudge and so on? And so most important part, without the action... Exactly. It's toast. Exactly. It's just a dream. So this is how the, I learned this from, um, from a guy called Bob Proctor from The Secret. So he, I was in his, uh, I've been to a few of his events. I, I was actually in his last cohort before he passed away with his uh, coaching program online. And this is the stuff he talks about, manifesting your goals, putting them on paper, taking them on a goal card. And the next step to that is to create a vision board, just like what you said. Mm-hmm. You want to create visuals and put them on your wall of what it looks like. Just like right here, I look at beside us in T-Bone Studio, we have this map. I could see more of those dots being filled out, T-Bone, where oh, you're absolutely. traveling all across this province, absolutely. working with clients. Like to me, that's a way of manifesting more of what you want, more of where you can go to and so on. Those visuals is powerful. It creates systems and, and little programs in your mind of unknowingly you're going to start attracting that into your thoughts, your actions, who you talk to every single day. And you want to know a little nugget, a secret. You want to take this step further, you do this. You write a future letter to yourself Hmm. in the present moment, five years time. It is now the date. What is today? I don't know what today is. November 15th, 2022. So you're going to say 2027, November 15th. I'm so happy and grateful now that and you're going to explain everything in detail, what's happening in that present moment in five years, all the goals that you've accomplished. What does it feel wow. like? This is a very powerful exercise. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put that note away. You're not going to look at it, but you're going to put it somewhere close to you, your office or whatever, your, your uh, safe, if you have a safe, mm-hmm. wherever you want mm-hmm. to put it. And you're going to open up that in five years. And you're going to be surprised on the things that you've accomplished. You probably underestimated what you've accomplished. That's often the case. Yes. Uh, that's why, would you suggest that, you know, these goals should be, uh, BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals, uh, like let's shoot for the stars kind of thing. That's the goal. You want to be as big as you possibly can. I'd be more happier getting close to it than overshooting it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So set the bar high. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, Kendall, a couple, a couple speed round questions, uh, sure. just to kind of wrap things up here. So you got two tickets anywhere. Uh, well, let's not limit ourselves to WestJet and Air Canada. <laughs> let's, let's go anywhere in the world. Uh, where are we headed? Oh my goodness. And it's for play. You're not working. Um, I probably, I went to Dubai and I'd go back there. Wow. Totally would go back there. I, um, I went for a competition back in 2015. So it's on the list. What I want to take my are... wife there because I was like, man, we, we have to go there. It's like the richest place in the world. You see everything. You, everyone's like, it's an abundance place. That's what I noticed. And so right. that would be a place in somewhere, you know, beautiful, hot, uh, tropical. I don't know where that could possibly be. I let the wife choose that spot, but that's, that's my spot is Dubai. Take her there, but she would choose the, the hot climate place. I love it. And yeah. so Dubai, uh, what were some of the highlights? Well, everyone like I said, has an abundant mindset that I ran into there. Hmm. The buildings look like you're in like a hundred years in the future. The shape yeah, of yeah. them, the, everyone's driving fancy vehicles. Hmm. Everyone's like pretty sure millionaires there. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's unreal that hmm. you feel it when you're there. There's an energy. So if it's, it's, that's the power of when you're around people, around events where people are in a higher vibration of that energy you're, you're wishing to get to try to spend time, more time there. 
just like the Sipe events. I'm sure I'm sure that these events that you create, it, it manifests a similar type of energy where people are driven. They're all trying to achieve something. That's the power of networking. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, so we just had our Silver Spades Awards Gala, um, mm-hmm. and uh, if you can if you can think back. Uh, was was that you know I mean it seems like there's there's kind of a running theme here with uh, with awards and and then we won that one and you know you've been recognized for your efforts in, in so many different ways which is so amazing and and uh, justified um, but can you think back to some site involvement and maybe uh, some connections or or pals or some of the events and if you can put, your, put yourself back to to 2013 yeah. uh, w- was that a, a a key part or do you uh, attribute Sipe to some of your success? I remember, I remember back then we had to do voting, right? So we had to, there was, I don't know how many finalists, there might've been three, four finalists that were for that award. And you had to do social media voting where people mm-hmm. would have to go to a landing page and vote for their top entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So that was like 50% of the process. The other 50% came from judges at that time. So at that time I wasn't, I wasn't into, Hey, vote for me for this award. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it more about our fans, about the people that we, we serve. And so I, I made it part of our Nietzsche gear fans and then we, we rewarded them with, with free swag. If you, you know, we get entered to win all these competitions with this. And so we made it about them too. Right. And so, cause they are the, they are the ones that helped us to get there. And so when we won those awards, um, we, we let them know that it's, it's because of them, mm-hmm. you know, they help support us to get there. And, and so yeah, there's there's so much to that. I, I wish I could I could speak to that more, but I like I said, it's it it's all encouragement to show us that we're on a good path to where we were meant to go. And it opened up doors for us and so on and, and uh I was just so grateful to be there in twenty thirteen. Very cool. I, th- I think it's great that you involved your whole brand and all the supporters, right? Yeah. And and that whole Nietzsche gear army almost, yeah. if you could uh, or if you will. Yeah. Um we often talk about, you know, I mean, hey, we're a networking group, essentially, mm-hmm. an, an event space group for young professionals and entrepreneurs. Um, that's been a huge part of, of, of your business model and, yeah. and your personal brand is making those connections. Uh, can you just speak to the power of, of meeting the right person at the right time? <laughs> you know, I would say most of those times came from being on stage mm-hmm. and when I'd be on stage sharing my vulnerable self, I guess, if you will, the more I do that, um, people relate to that. People, especially in post-pandemic world that we're living in, people want people to be human, to show themselves, not to put a front up, not to put a, uh, I don't want to see your ego too long. I want to see you. I want to talk to you. Mm. And so that is what allowed us to open up more doors. And I would say, which is the most important part, if you can do such a good job in what you do, people will talk about it to other people. Hmm. People will talk and brag for you to other people. Mm-hmm. They will go and market for you. Isn't that the way in Saskatchewan says everyone's so quick to, to share their favorite restaurant? Yes. Like if you, if you made a post right now and you said uh, any restaurant recommendations, like it would blow up. Absolutely. And, and uh, it's, it's just, we're, we're so excited mm-hmm. to to provide not only the referral, but to support, I think almost, yes, right? Absolutely. Uh, so you, you touched on something there. This is another hidden insight that many people don't realize. So a lot of people, they try to say that, you know, I want to get a testimonial from this. I want to put testimonials on my website and they put it as the word testimonial, but no one ever goes to a website, look at a testimonial. <laughs> but what you said is 
I will listen to my friends and what my social media network says about something. Mm. So Google Which looks the, at it's, that. It's the same thing. Google same looks thing. at that and they say Google reviews. Mm. So if you change the language on your website to reviews mm. and what your friends are saying about mm -hmm. that, your pr prospective clients, when they come there, they are now more inclined to believe and believe in what you do because mm -hmm. you're seeing other people who had experiences with you. Mm -hmm. That is what I learned from these masterminds, these coaches and so on, is shifting that table around to think like the client mm. as they're coming to work with you. And many people don't do that. Testimonial has maybe, it almost, it's almost overplayed or a tired yes. word. And, and when you hear it, you think like, ah, well, can I truly believe, you know, are these paid ads? Or like, yes. is this bots? Like, can I truly believe this? Right. And, yeah. and so, yeah, you know, what are our friends saying? I like mm -hmm. that language. Yes. Very cool. So years ago, Kendall, now you have to refresh my memory, but I remember opening my phone and sure enough, there you are, you're in Ottawa, JT's hanging out. <laughs> what a time. Uh, so, yeah. so speaking of poverty to podium, mm -hmm. like was that, a, was that the pinnacle? Talk a, about that, that opportunity. Yeah, that, you know, that's a crazy story. Back in 2015, 2016, I was on the board of the Saskatchewan Chamber of Commerce. I was coming back from Regina to Saskatoon. And on the way back, I get this random phone call. There was no number listed. I'm like, okay, I was 50-50 on picking you up. So I answered as a, hello, candle net maker. How can I help you? And this person picks up. They're like, hey, I'm so-and-so from Instagram. We've been following you. We would love for you to come. And once they said that, I kind of blacked out. I'm like, what do you mean from Instagram? This makes no sense. Why are you calling me? <laughs> Sounds and like it, a scam. Yeah, it sounded like a scam. It sounded like a fraudulent call. And I was like, I kind of just blacked it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Send me this stuff through email. So I didn't expect nothing. The next step was, okay, I get an email from actually Instagram. And they said, hey, we're so-and-so. We want you to come with the COO, COO of Instagram to Ottawa. You and uh, five and six other young leaders across the country. There's two of us who are Indigenous who got invited to go, myself and Ashley Collingbull. So we go there. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there with uh, Marnie, the CEO of uh, Instagram. She's introducing us to Justin Trudeau. And we're sitting there in the boardroom. We're talking about different issues across the country. Get a photo op. And um, that almost didn't happen because I thought it was a prank call. My goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> so speaking of uh, just being open to opportunity. Yeah. And also personal branding was key. Right? They wouldn't have found me if my personal brand wasn't active mm. at that time. So the Google searching, looking online, looking at your stuff, people do that. When people are looking okay. for opportunities, they will go online and look at your stuff. And if right. they don't align with what you're saying, if you're too, uh, you know, saying inappropriate stuff or sure. things are not too healthy looking on your, on the social end, you may be losing opportunities. The values you have to line up. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. And you mentioned uh, your trip was with Ashley. Yes. Uh, and so she, of course, has been uh, announced as an ambassador for the Saskatoon Blades and the Saskatchewan Rush, mm -hmm. uh, her new position there. So a uh, small world. That's very exciting. Yeah, very small world. Kendall, it's been an absolute treat. Uh, is there any final words you'd like to leave our listeners with in regards to you know, entrepreneurship, uh, public speaking, uh, one of the greatest fears of all time, as I understand it, uh, yes. you know, or even just, yeah, some, some, some final thoughts for, for our young professionals and entrepreneurs, our SIPE enthusiasts, uh, from, a, from an incredible, uh, you know, business, businessman like yourself. Yeah. We started off today about dreaming big, about thinking as big as you possibly can. 
Now, everyone is, has the ability to achieve big goals. I believe one of the reasons also that people don't get there is they, they, they settle too much for their comfort zone. They settle too much, especially in entrepreneurship. When, when people are having a hard time building a company, maybe they were so used to being paid a healthy paycheck that they don't want to leave that for the future. When you jump into the next step of your life, that jump, you have to sacrifice those comfort zones of your life. You're stepping into a whole new world where it's unknown to you. Now, the question now becomes, are you willing to do that? Face uncomfortableness, face having to do stuff like getting up on a stage, going to a networking event, getting outside your comfort zone. I wasn't, but I still showed up. I still showed up as best as, best as I possibly can. And what fueled me was my why. My why is there's not too many people like me at that time who were putting themselves out there from Indigenous backgrounds. I was one of the few and I felt like I had a responsibility to now pave a path as best as I possibly could. So that fueled me. When we look more to that few, I looked back to the, our ancestors, the ones who have passed that didn't, weren't allowed to go to school, weren't allowed to start businesses, weren't even looked at as human beings in Canada at the time. Many people lost their lives in those schools. So that fuels me. It still fuels me to this day to say that, okay, there's a bigger reason why this is happening and I'm going to utilize these opportunities and I'm going to go as far as I possibly can with it. Because there's people watching. My question to whoever's listening to this right now, what's fueling you right now? Where do you want to go? Think about all those people that have sacrificed for you to have the opportunities that you have and the ones who are next in line to come with you. If that why isn't powerful enough, it's it's game over. Like uh, you just won't won't make it. It's it's hard out there. It's tough goings. Like uh, I can only imagine the the trials and tribulations. Uh, you know, even today, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're established, but there's still challenges, and mm-hmm. there's still uh, you know the uncertainty of business and pandemics and recessions. Yeah. And um, <laughs> when does it end, Kendall? <laughs> It's, you, you can't, you can't get comfortable. You can't get too comfortable. We'll say it's, it's, there's always something happening. There's so much stuff happening in the world. You don't, it, it's disrupting business all the time. So you just got to be ready to adapt as quick as you can. That's the, my advice is the sooner you adapt, the better you are for the next step of your, your growth. I love it. Leaning into, uh, an incredible story, uh, from Kendall Netmaker Driven to succeed uh, is the title of the uh, of, of your of your first and of of many to come. Let's let's go. Uh, we're dreaming big, right? Was that yes. the idea? So, driven to succeed. I think uh, we saw a lot of that here, or we we heard a lot of that uh, here here tonight. So, thanks so much for joining the the Sipe Show uh, for episode five here uh, of a former. Uh, Entrepreneur of the Year Award recipient, uh, still just absolutely killing it to this day. So thank you so much for 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 spending the night. And and uh, you mentioned you don't do a lot of this, so I feel like we have the Sipe exclusive here when it comes to uh, the Kendall uh, Netmaker podcast. So that's pretty cool. So thanks again, and uh, yeah, it's just really great catching up. You're welcome. Kiranaskumten. Thank you very much. What a show. Kendall is such a wealth of knowledge. I hope that was inspiring to our listeners as well as our Sipe community. Uh, To quote Mr. Kendall Netmaker, I'll leave you with this. There is no way to success without hard work, plain and simple. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Sipe Show. Till next time, team. Cheers. 
The Sipe Show. Be sure to subscribe for more info on Sipe, our events, and how to access professional volunteer and community opportunities in Saskatchewan. Visit sype.ca. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.